listening to Zap Night, a video game review podcast. Join your hosts as we review video games from all systems and all genres. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Zap Night. I'm your host, Danny, and today we have Lori back again. Hi, Lori. Hi. Uh, this is episode 99, and we are talking about Horizon Call of the Mountain. However, uh, before we get into the game, I did want to give like a, a more of a formal review of the PSVR 2. Um, I don't know if a lot of people have bought the PSVR 2, but we have some very strong opinions about it. That uh, Me and Kaylee kind of talked about it um, during the last Zap Chats, but I kind of wanted to... Uh, because me and Lori have recently played a game all the way through more or less, um, with, uh, with the horizon game, I thought it would be more appropriate to talk about our feelings of the PSVR two and some of the downfalls that we saw along the way. So, uh, let's start with that. Okay. Um, we did buy the PSVR two at launch specifically for the horizon game. Yep. Um, it was released in February, so like it's only been out for a little over a month. Um, and I don't think we even plugged it in for like a while. A while, yeah. <laughs> um, so hardware-wise, you have to have the PlayStation Five for it to work at all. So there's a cost involved, like right out of the there, gate. There's like, your there's your first price tag. Yeah, there's your first price tag is you have to have the the PlayStation 5. If you already have a PlayStation 5, it's not a big deal, but like if for example, you're wanting to play this Horizon Call of the Mountain game exclusively on the PSVR2, you have to go out and buy a PS5. Then you also have to go out and buy the PSVR2 headset stuff. And then you also have to buy the game. Now, we got the game bundled with our PSVR 2, so it wasn't like an additional cost, even though it did cost more, so it was an additional cost. But either way, um, yeah, the the PSVR 2 is tethered to the PlayStation 5, um, and it's connected with a USB-C cable that connects to your headset. So, and it's, it is decently long, so it's not terribly in the way... But it's very limiting to how much space you have to roam, which is ironic because when you start up the PSVR 2, like you have, it does like a room scan thing and it lets you, you know, see how much space you have available. And if you, if you have a smaller space than what it allows, it yells at you about not having enough space yet the cable only really allows you so much space anyway. So I don't really know what it wants. Well, like, <laughs> what do you want from us? Um, so then the controllers, uh, the controllers are really wonky. Yeah. Especially when you're trying to put everything on in like together. Uh, luckily the PSVR two has like a, he- um, a display. So like, as you're putting stuff on, you can go into, the system and like be able to see your hands. So you can kind of guide your hands on putting the, the controllers on the pass through. Yeah, right. The pass through. Um, but the controllers are like this three ring design thing that like your hand has to go in a very specific way. 
And, you know, obviously it's left and right, like, specific. So, like, you have to put it on your right hand if it's the right controller. Um, but then it also has, like, the little uh, loops that you want to, like, hook it onto your hand. The the little, like, bracelet tie yeah. thing. <laughs> um, the controllers are really comfortable once you get them on. Yeah. What I liked about them, and my hands are really big anyway, so I guess... What was nice for me is that I could literally completely let go of the controller and it would still be on my hand just because it was a full loop. Um, but maybe for you it wouldn't do that because you have smaller hands than I do. Yeah. W- was it falling off of your hands pretty easily? It was just hard to hold. Oh. Um, it the The buttons do have like sensing to them so like if you put your finger on the button it knows that your hand is there so like characters in game have the ability to adjust their hand positions depending on where your hands are pressing buttons even if they're not fully pressing the button just like at a resting state over a button it can detect that which is kind of neat um the headset itself to put it on it has this like big strap that goes over your head and it feels like it's going to break. It does when you're pulling it open. Yeah, yeah. It does. It feels very flimsy. Um and then it has this headpiece like on the fo- on the forehead and it rests directly on your forehead. And the back piece that wraps around the back of your head has to be like real low on the back of your head and then tightened up. Um, it's a little bit different where it like it doesn't just like sit on the crown of your head. It like has to sit back like way low on your head to adjust for this like floating, um, the floating actual eyepiece that you're looking into that doesn't attach to your face hardly at all. Like it's it's not it's it's almost like designed for comfort, but yet it's not comfortable at all. <laughs> So like okay, so it sits. It's it re- the entire headpiece rests on your forehead with this like big like three four inch foam piece, which is great when you first are sitting down. It's pretty comfy, but then like once you get to playing, I was like instantly sweating, and so like the headpiece is just like falling off all over the place. I could tighten it up, and it really wouldn't help any. If you look up during any of your gameplay. Which it, is like 90% of Horizon. Right, yeah, very true. <laughs> um, the the back piece would like shift up on, on your head, and then the eye lens would shift down on your head and rest on your nose, and that was so uncomfortable. Um, but then like, so th- you have your like eye piece that you look through, and that's like depth adjustable so you can move it closer to your face or further away which is nice if you have glasses on how how comfortable was it with glasses on i mean the glasses it didn't it didn't bother me it didn't bother you no okay that that wasn't that was the least that of wasn't your issues? part of the comfort issues <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah once you have the headset on you can adjust your depth and you can adjust your like eye width um for me I had the eye width like as close together as possible. I don't know if that's just how my face was or if that's kind yeah, of what sure. the majority of the I'm people pretty would sure be. I'm sure that's what I had mindset. Um it seemed to focus okay, but if the headset was tilted to the left or to the right, even the smallest bit, one eye would be blurry. Like your field of view is so so small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you can't you can't really adjust for that. You can you can spread the eye thing a little bit further apart, but like what that does is it it 
changes your perspective to not be able to look in the middle anymore, which is where you normally look, but like you can't also look left and right very easily either. So like you almost always have to move your head if you want to look at literally anything. And then when you move your head, there, yeah, well then <laughs> everything you, slides off. <laughs> right, everything just moves and and gets yeah, it's it's not a comfortable piece of hardware. Um it doesn't have any built-in audio, so if you want to play your game, you have to plug in the head a, a headset, um, uh, like earbuds or something. It does come with earbuds that are designed to attach to the PSVR two. The problem with this is they only come with one. See, so if I'm, you're sharing it, it seems weird, in my opinion, to share the earbuds because they go into your ear. Right, right. But I was wondering if like the over ear headphones would help the headset just like stay in position perhaps yeah i i suppose if you get if you get a pair of over the head over your ear headphones that like worked with it Mm because i mean obviously some of them wouldn't work at all so yeah i mean perhaps it may help a little um but yeah i mean there's otherwise no audio plumbed into the headset itself so like if you want to listen to audio without the earbuds in you have to rely on your tv which comes to another problem is that not every aspect of the psvr2 experience is capable of passing through to your tv as well so like for example when i'm on the like main hud of like you know your playstation menu it doesn't pass that through to the TV if you're using the headset. So, like, somebody sitting sitting on the couch can't see you doing things until, at least for us, until we got booted into the Horizon game, which then it showed up on the TV as well. Um, and luckily, there was that option, because I didn't think there was when we first were setting <laughs> up the PSVR. It was like... Oh no! Is it not going to have any pass through, and then we're going to literally have to play? And that was a major issue, right? Because <laughs> like, if we can't both be experiencing this at the same time, yeah, it wasn't going to be. It wasn't fun. our. It wasn't our vibe, <laughs> right? For sure, for sure. I mean, we do literally everything together. <laughs> so like, if we can't do this together, it's not going to be fun. Uh, but luckily, it did have the pass through, so we were able to get through the game. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, like as soon as you look up, the, the headset would, would shift and like the eyepiece was resting on my nose and the nose. So like the eyepiece has this cushiony cover that covers your face. It's supposed to have vent holes. The vent holes didn't really help me a whole lot. I was steaming up the lenses inside every gameplay session that I had, um, pulling the lens away from my face gave my face a chance to breathe a little bit and let some of that hot air that was building inside the goggles cool out. Um, and then you could put them back on. It was nice that you had that adjustability for like a moment during like a down spot of gameplay or something, but it didn't help the comfort really at all. It didn't, it didn't stop me from like instantly sweating. Like as soon as I put this headset on, like I was sweaty immediately and like I feel like I'm I I don't I can't imagine I'm alone in this. <laughs> just I, I'm a sweaty guy, and a lot of people are just sweaty humans. And you know, to have something that completely covers your forehead and you know is resting on your nozzle, <laughs> on your nose throughout <laughs> your entire gameplay is just a disaster for sweatiness. Um, 
So yeah, uh, that's that's the gist of the PSVR two. Any other thoughts, Lori? Um, to be perfectly honest, I don't think it's worth the price. I don't think so. The graphics are neat, but like the graphics, what, what makes no sense to me about the price point is that the headset's not doing a whole lot as far as like rendering graphics or doing computing because all that's done in the PlayStation v- or in the PS Five. So like, what is? Why are we paying the same price for the headset? When, like, the headset is really only doing spatial, like, awareness. My phone can do that. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's a price point in there that makes a lot of sense. Maybe the LCD or LED screen that's in there, it's, uh, I think, um, OLED, that's in there, is worth the price. But I don't think so. Um, the the Oculus that we have, and we'll, we're, we're planning on reviewing the Oculus in a very similar fashion in a future podcast episode. So stay tuned for that. But, um, just the Oculus is so comfortable and easy to view and easy to use compared to the PS VR two. And the price is like a hundred dollars more. That's without including the PlayStation five. So like, I just, I don't understand where the price point is here, but it, it, yeah, it, if I could sell this at the price that I paid, I probably would. I wouldn't have bought it if I'd have known all this. And I don't really understand where people are getting such a hype about it either, because it is so uncomfortable. You know, maybe for the first half hour, it's it's okay. But anything past a half hour, you're uncomfortable the whole time. For me, anyway, it was like the first 10 minutes because I would start <laughs> sweating immediately. And then I, I have to look up in my gameplay and then the nos- or the the lens is resting on my nose and it hurts. And I'm adjusting it and adjusting it and adjusting it. And I'm just never really comfortable. And I just I mean, not you're, happy. You're constantly fighting it. Fighting the headset yeah. while you're playing a game. It's just not, not fun. I really thought I was going to fight the cord more, but the cord yeah, the really cord, wasn't that yeah. big of a deal. Um, I obviously would have preferred a cordless option. I feel like technology's there to be able to do a cordless option, but I mean, it wasn't that much of a hindrance. It just is weird and awkward. So yeah, anyway, that's our little mini review of the PSVR 2. Let's talk about Horizon Call of the Mountain. So specifically this game, I mean some of the, some of these things gameplay wise is very um housed in the PSVR2 simply because it was made for the PSVR2. Um it's, you know, exclusive to the PSVR2, so obviously that's that's part of your price point if you're going to play this game. Um Horizon Call of the Mountain was developed by Guerrilla Games. It was released uh, in February of 23, what? It wasn't Gorilla Green Games? It was Fire, Fire Spite. Uh, they're, I think they're, like, comboed it. At least that's what Wikipedia said. Mm. I suppose you're probably right. It was one, what, Fire Spite? So, like, I'm sure that there was a, a third party involved here, too. I think that was, like, the main... Oh, was it? Yeah. Alright, well, I was wrong. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going off of what Wikipedia said, so like I'm probably wrong too. Um, anyway, it was released in February of 23. Um, we're gonna go over the story as best we can. It's not a huge story, so like there's not a whole lot to go over. Uh, 
if you're familiar with the Horizon Zero Dawn series, I mean, you're, you're set in that world. Isn't it, side note, isn't it weird? Because, like, it's now it's the Horizon, like, series, but I still can't just say Horizon because I feel like people won't understand Horizon just as a standalone. I yet. agree, yeah. Because isn't there, like, other games that are called that? Or Oh, yeah, like, I think there's a racing game called yeah. Horizon. Yeah. There's the, the, the meta, meta quest thing. thing that's Horizon. So, yeah, I mean, there's a couple games <laughs> that use Horizon like, as a name. It's like but... Horizon Zero Dawn is, like, the first in the series now. So, like... And now it's, like, the Horizon series? Yeah. But, like, you can't, in, in talking to other people about it, you can't just say, <laughs> oh, yeah, when I was playing Horizon, because no. you don't know what game that is. Right, right. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, the game is in the Horizon universe, the Horizon world. Um, Aloy makes a small cameo, so she's... It was so cool to see her! It I'm was sorry. really cool. It was really cool to see her. <laughs> She's so short. <laughs> she does seem. She seems really short. Um, <laughs> you threw me off now. Um, so, it, the the time wise, timeline wise, this game takes place during the events of Horizon Zero Dawn, not Forbidden West. So it's it's within the timeline of the first game. Um, you play as Reyes, who is a former Shadow Carja rebel who was imprisoned and sent to Sunstone Rock um, for uh, for his involvement in capturing Edaman. Yeah, right. So he was given the nickname Edaman Shadow, and you know he was sentenced to prison. However, um, Murad, who is part of the Sun Kingdom, he offers Reyes this opportunity to hunt down an issue that's going on in um, the sun... What's the name of the place? The, the sun... Sun Spear? Sun Spear, yeah. So anyway, um, Murad offers this opportunity for Reyes to come to Sun Spear to be able to see what's going on in this mountain... Um, machines are like ravaging villages and causing mayhem. And <clears throat> it turns out that his brother, um, originally was the one who was sent off to this task, but, um, was never seen again. So Reyes not only is going off to figure out what's going on in exchange for pardoning his crimes, but also just try and figure out where his brother Urid is. So you set off on this journey. Um, at, when, when you first meet Reyes, you're on this little boat. You have this boat sequence where you meet up with um, these Karja soldiers who are escorting you. Um, Haim, or Haimi? H H A M I. I don't know. Um, and Kavad, who... Kavad ends up dying in this boat accident with some snap It's because he was the nice one. Yeah, he was. <laughs> um, and then after this incident happens, uh, Reyes is kind of left on his own to try and make his way to the city that he's supposed to be going to, whatever it's called. And um, he he encounters a Osram, a uh, Riddell, who really helps him 
build some uh, some pickaxes and equipment to be able to progress in the game. And she does this throughout the rest of the game. But when you first meet her, she she was originally um, Urid's like climbing partner. Oh, climbing partner, yeah. And she was left behind because she had a broken arm or something, a broken leg maybe. Um, but she wasn't able to continue the climb, so she was left at the base of the mountain, essentially. And so you help her. She helps you build materials or build equipment or tools or whatever. And you help her get back to the base camp with Murad. Um, so once you meet up with Murad, then uh, he you get a chance to see... What? Am I saying it wrong? I think you're just... Your timeline is messed up. Maybe. It's possible. Because I don't... Don't you... You you go to see Murad first. Like Maybe. The, Oh yeah, because you get hit in the head by um, once the you, girl. Yeah, once you fall off the boat and you're making your way, she like captures you again or something, and then takes you back. Takes you, yeah, okay. So sorry, then, it's sorry. Right. No, no, you're right. <laughs> and you're then right. Aloy escorts you. Yeah, so once you meet up with Murad, Murad explains all that you're you're doing um, about going to the mountain, about Urid, your brother, and and figuring out what's happening to the machines. Uh, Aloy shows up and Aloy escorts you to the base of the mountain, but she has stuff to do because she's busy doing horizon, her Horizon Zero Dawn stuff. So she goes off to do her thing while you go and climb the mountain. Uh, that's where you meet up with the Osram, um Riddell, who you escort back to town. She helps you build tools so that you can progress through the game. You eventually do catch up with your brother, Urid, who is um, really upset at you for being this traitor that you're supposedly being as a sh- part of the Shadow Karja tr- group. Um, but you start to find out that there's a bigger issue going on here with these machines, that they're being attracted by these beacons. And you see the beacons in Horizon Zero Dawn. Aloy encounters them, too. Right, right. But these beacons are specifically being made by a Sarah. Which is Derval's, like, second. Second in command. Yeah, Yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, and she... And Derval is, like, the thing that Aloy does in Horizon Zero Dawn. Right. She takes care of of him, and then she kind of takes over. Right. So, a Sarah is trying to disrupt things and take down Meridian. Um, You find out that she's using these beacons to try and attract as many of the, uh, the machines as possible. Uh, She actually, when, when you finally track her down, you see that she is attaching these beacons to tall necks and the tall necks are like designed to be controlled and are going to be marched right into Meridian with this army of um, machines that they attract along the way. So the original plan here is that Asera is going to try and take down Meridian. So Reyes and Urid really obviously don't want that to happen. So Urid is... Uh, he gets a broken leg, so he can't really help. But they... Uh, Reyes does track down Asera... He takes down the the beacons that are attached to the tall necks. Um, however, one of the tall necks breaks down, and Asera escapes into the jungle, into the mountain, 
and uh, Reyes tr- tracks down Asera, and when he finds her, she summons this like fire claw <laughs> to come out. And the fire claw, it, they like go on top of this big tower, and the fire claw shows up and like starts burning down the tower. And you fight the fire claw, you win, but the tower is like falling apart because it's on fire now. Um, Asera drops down. Um, she, you, you confront Asera on this like platform. The platform falls apart, and Asera supposedly falls to her death in air quotes because. We know in Forbidden West she comes back because Aloy fights her. But yeah, so Asera, from Rhea's point of view, Asera's gone and dead. So um, Murad offers his pardon and, you know, he's officially this free man and Asera is, you know, done. And that's about it. Yeah, good job. Thanks. I tried. (laughs) Minimally, but I tried. You know, what's funny about this, it's such a new game, and so few people have played it yet because of its exclusivity to the PSVR 2, and I I don't know, what else, Um, that there's not that much information out there online. So, like, yeah, I played the game, and I experienced the game all the way through, but I didn't get the story at all. And that was, like, my biggest downfall about this game is that, like mid-game, I couldn't understand what the heck was going on. So, like, trying to go back and find a review of this game is not easy. Uh, We managed to, like, piece together from different sources to try and get some sort of story to be able to offer to you guys. But So forgive us if it's a little wrong or a lot wrong. (laughs) But it should be pretty close. Yeah. Um, So what did you think about the story, Lori? Um, I gave it a seven. Oh wow! All right. I know. <laughs> no, I should have. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. Um, I just, I guess, I just liked that it adds a little bit more depth to the the story of Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, for know. sure. Um, I gave it a four. <laughs> My biggest problem is that I just. I just had no idea what was going on the whole game. I, I can understand that. Like, it, it takes some digging to figure out what's going on, I guess. It doesn't just, like, present it to you so, like, openly and perfectly. <laughs> I I don't know. I think that the... It's cut- just, it's a, it's a very short game. It is. So, like, it is a short game, and there's not that much going on, really. But I feel like that the cutscenes didn't... didn't do very good at explaining exactly what was what. It was just like sure. they were name dropping and I was having trouble keeping up with who was who and who was doing what and where they were and what they were doing. And then like during the not cut scenes where Reyes is just kind of blabbling on about his life, <laughs> I didn't get any of that because he's like just barely mumbling. Yeah, I was going to say like he, I didn't like his voice. Like he couldn't like understand Half the things he was saying sometimes, I don't know if it was, like, a volume issue or, like you said, he's mumbling. (laughs) Yeah. And that's really what it seemed like, is he was just mumbling under his breath at the camera, but, like, I couldn't hear him. So, maybe if I had the headphones in, it would have been a different experience. But still, I could hear everyone else okay. It was really just when he was alone, he'd be like, blah, 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 blah. Like, (laughs) what? (laughs) So yeah, that that was really 
because I didn't get this, like literally I'd have to replay the whole game to under, to try and understand the story and piece it together. We can replay it. No, thank you. <laughs> that would involve dealing with the whole PSVR two issue. So no, thanks. I mean, I was, I was always super confused in horizon zero dawn. Why the Edaman like quest had such like this epic ending to it where I didn't feel that connected to it. And I feel like this kind of adds a little bit more to that. Yeah, sure. In a way. Sure. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. Like that felt like some big epic story that wasn't, it was like the game was trying to make it this big deal. And yeah, I didn't really get it. It does add a little bit to it, but I don't, I still don't feel like it's a whole lot. And I mean, yeah, Reyes, like, played a part in Horizon Zero Dawn, but, like, in the background. Yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. I, it would have been nice if it was a character that we recognized, yeah. or, like, you know, why why was he given this opportunity over anyone else? You know, I, I don't really understand it. I mean, I realize, obviously, Aloy can't do it, because she's off doing stuff. She is a busy lady. Yeah. But, you know... <laughs> Uh, what about graphics? Graphics, I gave it a 7 out of 10. Me too. Um, I mean, it looked good. It wasn't nearly as good as uh, Forbidden West, like, graphically. Um, but, I mean, it looked fine. The machines looked really, really good. Um, and I really liked the sense of scale that it gave the machines. Yeah, too. that was that was cool. How it Really, everything. The sense of scale for everything. Like I was saying, how... Aloy kind of looked really short, like, and I didn't have that perspective playing in the regular games, you know. Right. Um. Yeah, and the the machines. I'm. I was surprised how big some of the machines were. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even the little um the, little the watchers. watchers. I mean, they were big. They were huge. Yeah. <laughs> For sure, like that opening cutscene where you're in the boat. And, like, the, the machines are, like, running around you, and you first see, like, the machines run past, and you're like, oh, they're huge! <laughs> like, that sense of scale is just unreal. It's it's really cool. Um, And also, that opening cutscene where you're on the boat... Oh, yeah, great. ...is fantastic. Yeah. If, all, if you, if you was, know someone that yeah. has this game, if that's all you do, that's enough. <laughs> yeah. That's enough of a taste of this game. Yep. Just, without, just without all the do the opening, just do the opening boat ride. Yep, or or the bonus boat ride. Yeah, because you could do an alternate boat ride, which is essentially the same thing. It's like, like a it's like a safari. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's what they call it too. Um, it really feels like an interactive amusement ride. So like you're you're in this boat and you're traveling down this river. I mean, isn't and that like, what VRs are? Yeah, I you know that's the, a that's a common thing yeah, for VRs is, is to have like a ride that you do. Yeah, but it was really cool. Like in the in the bonus one, they have like a thunder jaw that comes out and is like fighting with the storm bird. And it's oh, just yeah. it's awesome. It's so <laughs> cool. It's so cool. Um, I also really liked uh, that you got to climb the tall necks. Oh, that was really cool. That was probably the coolest part of this whole game, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Like, one, you have your sense of scale, because the tall necks are huge. But also, like, I f- never felt more Aloy. Because, like, that was such a common Aloy. Like, my memory of Horizon Zero Dawn is, like, the tall necks. And, like, 
climbing on the tall neck like antenna things on on its neck and you get to do that in this game and it feels awesome it really does it feels really cool so yeah seven out of ten yeah good segue for a gameplay yeah yeah so um i want to go over all the gameplay mechanics okay uh before we go into our like ideas you do that i will do my best okay feel free to interject wherever (laughs) So we have general movement. Um, You have this option to like swing your arms to move forward, depending on your gameplay style. Like there's a bunch of different options in there. The one that I picked was like moving the, the stick up to move forward. You can move forward and move your head at the same time to do like a left or right pan while you're walking. You do move really slow though. It's probably by design, because if you move any faster than you do, you get, like, sick. Um, which, by the way, I could only play, like, maybe two hours max. Um, I think the last gameplay that we did, it was, like, three and a half, maybe getting close to four. I think I was maxing out at, like, an hour. but like Maybe an hour and a half. It, you, you can build up to it, like... I was feeling pretty good towards the end, but like still like that, that like three hour one, the la- the last part that I played, I was like ill by the end of it. Like was not <laughs> feeling good at all. Um, but in general, like movement is fairly smooth. Um, again, you have some adjustability in how you move, whether it's swinging your arms or just using the joystick. Um, there's climbing, and there's a lot of climbing, <laughs> and then there's more climbing, and more climbing. Climbing is all right um, as far as like usability. There's like one trigger button that you use for like holding item or holding uh, literally anything holding. But like for climbing, you just reach up and you grab a ledge with your trigger button and you lift yourself up and and repeat with the other hand. Um, you can climb on anything that is white or yellow. Um, basically marking that you, it's climbable. Um, there's like different types of climbing, um, obstacles. There's like wires, there's, uh, ledges, there's like finger hole grips. Um, I'll, there's, there's also pickaxe spots. I'll get into pickaxes later. Um, you can build your own tools. So it looks like in reading, there was a patch that you could skip building the tools. Um, but I kind of thought it was fun. Yeah. Uh, basically you literally piece the tools together. So you get like a handle then you get like the pickaxe end, and then you got to like wind it together with some, with some rope. So like you actually do all the steps to build this tool. And then once you have the tool, you put it in your inventory and you're set. And it's just, I don't know. It was kind of nice. It was kind of fun. Um, there's a lot of side stuff. There's not a lot of side stuff. There is some side stuff. There's the targets in every area. There's a handful of like hidden, um, targets that you can fire with arrows. Uh, any, any given location has a set of them. When you hit one, it tells you how many you have out of how many there are. So it kind of gives you something to look for while you're playing the game. There's rock stacking, which was really <laughs> annoying. It was not that fun. 
Um, basically, it's you. You just are st- like rock balancing on this like little post, building a Karen. Yeah, yeah, that. Um, and then there's wall painting, which was awesome. Yeah, that was cute. It was really cool. Like when when you first found that, it was I was I was amazed. <laughs> I was amazed. Um, basically, you just you have a brush and you can paint kind of like the Banuke do in the in the main games. But it, it's not exclusive to Banuke, but I mean it's common for Banuke. Anyway. Um, let's go over the tools real quick. We've got the climbing axe. Uh, basically there's certain specific spots in the game that you have to use the axe to be able to scale the wall. Um, what's weird about the tools is like when you use them, you can just like throw them and then continue climbing. Uh, but then you just like the, the tools just appear back in your inventory again. So like, it's not a big deal if you drop a tool down or you know, a ravine or something <laughs> that just pops back up in your inventory. So like you essentially, you could just like throw a pickaxe and then summon a pickaxe and throw another pickaxe and just continuously, um, not that you'd need to, but you could, uh, anyway, so the pickaxes let you scale the walls, um, help you climb to other areas. You've got this rope thing. I couldn't find a name for this stupid thing anywhere. And I didn't want to boot up the game to figure out what it is. But it's this tool, it kind of looks like a uh, robust arrow, but it has a spike on both ends. Basically, you attach it to this pillow, and then you throw it to another pillow, and then you can, like, slide on the rope between the two pillows. Between the two pillows. (laughs) Using only official words here. (laughs) So then there's the rope caster. Which is like this little grabby caster thing, very similar to what the tool uh, in Horizon Forbidden West is, where you can throw this little rope grappling thing and it grabs onto a, a ring and you can pull yourself, swing across different areas or whatever. Um, there's the sun disc, which is this like throwing star. And it does what throwing star things do. You cut stuff with it or um, hit stuff with it. There's the grapple, which is this like, um, it's like the spiky things that in cartoons and stuff they use to climb over big walls. It's the same tool. It's just this thing, you, you can throw it into very specific locations and it'll open up and hold on to that that spot and then drop a rope down for you. And then you can climb up the rope or climb down the rope or whatever. So that's all the tools. Uh, let's talk about the fighting mechanics or battle gameplay. Um, essentially you use bow and arrow throughout the whole game, just like Aloy does. Uh, you have a few different types of ammo. You have the normal ammo, you have fire ammo, shock ammo, terror blasters, and the piercing shots. You also have a slingshot that you can use that has like a uh, fire and frost type orbs goo. <laughs> I think they're bombs, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it also can do rocks if you wanted to hit stuff with rocks. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, you know. And then to heal, you find apples and you can actually eat the apples by putting them to your face. 
is really satisfying. <laughs> the weird part about it, though, is you only have to bite one bite to get the full effect of the apple. So you can't, like, sit and have multiple bites and have it do anything. So, like, when you're fighting an enemy, your best bet is to, like, pick up an apple, bite it, and throw it. And then pick up another one, bite it, and throw it to get, you know, benefits from the apple and then move on. Um, Fighting in general, uh, you... I, I think, again, there's different, like, mechanics to it, but the way that I was playing, you would reach behind your your arm, your shoulder, to grab your bow and arrow, or slingshot, depending on what you have, and then you use your other hand to grab an arrow, and then pull back and, and fire arrows. Um, to change your weapon, you have to, like, turn your wrist all the way to the left, or to the right, depending on which arm you're using, and you pick which arrow that you want. Like, they all show up on your bow, and you can just, like, pick one. It's pretty easy. Uh, but you can also craft new ammo, too. So, like, mid-fight, stuff, like, slows way down, and you can, like, craft an arrow really quick. And you have to do it the same way that you do the tools. So, like, you have a stick, and you gotta apply the feathers, and then apply the tip, and then apply the, like... The blaze or whatever, depending on the arrow style that you're that you're working with. Um, I didn't find that that intrusive. Like it would just you would do that once, and it would use all the resources in your inventory to give you as many arrows as you can create in the one action instead of having to continuously do it over and over again, which was kind of nice. But, I mean, obviously you had to keep doing it. If you ran out, you would have to do it again. And then if you ran out, you'd have to do it more. So, whatever. I think that's it. <laughs> Did I miss anything for gameplay mechanics that you can think of? Uh, I don't think so. Alright. So, what did you think for gameplay, Lori? How did uh, you enjoy it? I gave it a 7. Okay. Again. <laughs> another, I gave it a 6. Another 7. Um, I, I don't know. I mean... <laughs> It was a lot of climbing. Yeah, that's like my number one gripe. <laughs> it's a climbing simulator. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, unfortunately, it's m the majority of this yeah. game is climbing around. I was I was kind of sad that there wasn't more fighting. Like I would have liked more fighting and more exploration and more yeah, puzzles. It's, it's very linear. Yeah. Yep. Um, the fighting is fun, but there really isn't enough of it like at all. Right. You have a couple areas where you have a few watchers that like you can, you can sneak around the watchers if you want to. Or like for me, I just fought them if I could because I found that fighting was more fun. Yeah. Like, it trying was. to hit them was way more fun than trying to I mean, that's work what, around them. That's what I like about horizon. Like that is one of my favorite things to do in horizon is, is fight to the fight, the, fight the machines. Yeah. And for this, it wasn't like, I don't feel like it was the focus. <laughs> it wasn't, um, but you did get a good variety of machines that you could fight. Eh, um, yeah. There was the stalkers, or no, sorry, wrong word. There was the watchers. Watchers. There was the uh, scrappers. Scrappers. Um, glint hawks. The glint hawks. The um, the billowback. The thunderjaw. Thunderjaw. The thunderbird. The stormbird. <laughs> stormbird. And then the frostclaw or. Fireclaw. Fireclaw. I, I, that, <laughs> that machine, I always just call it a Frostclaw. I don't know why, if it was maybe the first one that I came in contact maybe. with or what, but like, all of them are Frostclaws. 
Um, I would have loved to have seen some stalkers or something else. Oh, Ravager yeah. or um, the other one. Sawtooth? Yeah, Sawtooth. I always want to say Sabretooth. Sabretooth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen a few more. I mean... I was they it wasn't a horrible selection, but no. it was it was definitely limited. Yeah. Um I just I really just wanted more of that. Yeah, me and too. less less climbing, more yeah, fighting. For sure, for sure. Um, let's see. There are no human fights in this game. Yeah, that was kinda depressing. That <laughs> I wanted to fight people. <laughs> I I mean you have this sweet ability been, to be able to punch people. It like, would have been not? it would have been so fun. To have this ha- be a part of, like, you know how in Horizon you have all the, like, rebel camps? Mm-hmm. Like, it would have been fun to, like, come across, like, a little rebel camp. Like, you know how you go into the, all the, like, little camps yeah. that you pass through to just have one that had, like, two or three people in it that you could just fight? Yeah. Yeah, it would have been great. <laughs> um, There were a few puzzles in the game. They were mostly around, like, elevators or, like, opening doors. I would have loved more of that. I feel like being a hands-on, you know, VR game, you have this this ability to build these puzzles that could have been amazing. And they, like, didn't. Mm -hmm. And I was sad for that. Don't get me wrong. It's not a puzzle game, but, like, less climbing... More puzzles, more fighting, you know, more something else, like but balan- less climbing. Balance it out a little exactly. more. Like, there, there are more puzzles in Horizon Zero Dawn than there <laughs> is in this game. Like, and Horizon Zero Dawn's not a puzzle game either, but it has some puzzles. Like, the, um, the uh, sewer puzzle in the, um... What, the frozen wilds. frozen wilds yeah there's that sewer puzzle. And that's, like, it's challenging, but it's, like, straightforward. I feel like... You could have stuff that is very simple puzzle that would make sense in the world that you're in. I don't know. I I was disappointed that there wasn't more of literally anything other than climbing. <laughs> there was so much to interact with. Ah, yes. Yes, that is my next thing. <laughs> okay, talk about it. Just, I really liked the item interactions. The gongs and the little flu, the painting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it was, it was fun to have so many things to interact with. However, it kind of got repetitive. It did, yeah. Because like those things just kept showing up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> those same things. It was really cool. Like the first, I'd say the first like two hours of the game, when you're first experiencing some of this stuff, it's like, oh, this is really cool. Like. I can pick up almost anything and like like, throwing plates in the air and trying to catch them. (laughs) Yeah. Or trying to shoot them. I never (laughs) did successfully shoot a plate. Um, I don't even know if you could, I would like to think that you probably could, but yeah, I mean, and like trying to hit the gong with my bow and arrow from like a distance away or, you know, just silly stuff, just goofing around in the game. That was really fun. But yeah, you're right. Like towards the end, it got really repetitive. Um, You could like, hunt for items which was kind of neat like there are barrels that and and treasure chests that you could open up to find items in i didn't feel like items were that essential in this game to craft stuff they gave you plenty of arrows when you are in your battle um 
And, like, items are so abundant that, like, you didn't have to overly hunt for stuff. But you could get stuff like armor upgrades and stuff, too, that you would find along the way. So, you know, it's it's worth looking if you're a completionist, but, like, it's not super necessary. I I guess that's it. I was going to say the tall neck part is... I put the tall neck part in this oh. <laughs> section. Because, like... It's, uh, yeah. it's majority of that tall neck sequence is like climbing, climbing the tall neck. And it's, it's fantastic. Like it, it makes you feel cool. It like the sense of scale again, like it's, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I could have done like the little safari thing on a tall neck. Like, that would have <laughs> been awesome. You know, it would have been really cool to implement a tall neck safari where like the tall neck is like walking through like, a part of Horizon Zero Dawn that you're familiar with. You can't go and do anything. You're just on the tall neck, but you can see it. Yeah. Would be awesome. And yeah. see, like, Thunder Jaws off in the distance, like, fighting stuff or fighting humans or something. It would have been fun. Yeah. <sighs> Alas. Alas. <laughs> Are you ready to move on to music? Yep. I don't have anything for music. All right. What'd you give it? A seven. Wow. <laughs> I know. I just... I have nothing. I, we'll give it a seven. I just said it was fine. I like gave it a five. <laughs> I probably should have been lower. I gave it a five. Because of that, like, it was there. It wasn't super memorable. The voice acting was probably the best part of this. Like, the voice acting was solid, aside from Reyes being mumbly. Yeah. Um, But, like, they were delivering their lines as I would expect, you know, for Horizon. Um, But, yeah, like, music, I didn't really notice a whole lot of music <laughs> that wasn't just like typical like horizon you know horizon-esque sounds um but like the sound effects were all like original horizon sound effects like see i mean isn't that a good thing yeah yeah <laughs> i mean it is so worth two points i don't know <laughs> um overall oh yeah overall seven seven i gave it a six it was fun. Um, I really liked interacting with everything, um, but the climbing was just too much. I I want more exploration. Yeah, more exploration. More exploration, I, more fights. I, I enjoyed this little bit of extra horizon stuff, but like Was it was it, it worth the it, it was not price? worth the price tag. Yeah. See, now, in my opinion, this game was probably... it, it The way it, it felt, and even looked, it seemed like that this game was being developed for the first PSVR, and Sony came up and was like, you know, we're going to do a PSVR 2, let's wait and have that be a launch title for the VR 2. And so they pushed it and moved it to the VR 2. That's... And, like, that kind of makes sense because it... it is in the Horizon Zero Dawn, like, timeline, and it only shows Horizon Zero Dawn enemies, and, like, storytelling is all done in that same, like, Horizon Zero Dawn, like, original vibe, that it just, it makes sense that it would have been developed within that that timeline. Um, but... I would love to see them expand on this or, you know, have a second, uh, another Horizon VR game. Like, they'll only do it if this sells well. I mean, in my opinion, the headset is so uncomfortable. I really don't ever want to use it again. 
But like, you know, obviously we'll keep it around. I mean, it's not worth it's not worth the same price how, that I paid for it, but How many but how many people do you know in your life or in your like group? Circle of how people? many people do you know that even have a VR system? Um Like is it really that popular? I I know two people and they're in this room. <laughs> I mean, aside from the PlayStation VR, like any VR. Oh, VR in general? Like, just in general, like how... Quite how, a few. How good does this game have to do yeah. to warrant another one, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, a lot of people, because the Oculus was a good price point, a lot of people already had the Oculus. And, like, why... Why this get the is VR so expensive? It is. It is. Plus, you have to have a PS5, which like already you're limiting your audience. Like the people who have P- a lot of people that I talk to are like, oh, I would like a PS5, but fill in the blank. You could say literally anything. So like your audience is already limited to PS5 users. But then you have this extraordinary price point on top of that, which makes no sense because there is no computer in this stupid thing. And it's uncomfortable. <laughs> like, why? Why would anyone do this? I don't I don't understand. I honestly the only thing that I like about it is the comfort of the controllers, but that's about it. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just really salty that we spent all this money on this VR set. And and the the game wasn't even that great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of, I gave it a twenty eight out of fifty. Mine total was a thirty five. That's a six point three out of ten. Not worth not 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 good enough for a you know almost seven hundred dollar video game. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Seriously. So. Uh, yeah. Um, if you guys didn't buy the PSVR 2 and you're listening to this to try and get a, an idea of what the Horizon game is all about, hopefully we filled in some of those gaps for you. Um, again, in our opinion, in my opinion anyway, I'm pretty sure Lori's with me, but like, I, it's not worth the money. I, if I knew... If I had a chance to try on the headset and all that stuff ahead of time, yeah, I don't think I would have bought, bought it. I wouldn't have bought it. Um, what's weird though, is the reviewers online all are giving it like top notch. Right. It's weird because the VR itself isn't doing any heavy lifting. Like the graphics that you're like, did all these, did all these people get paid off or just get these systems for free and they're getting paid, you know, they're getting these systems for free to do these like nice reviews. Some of the people that I've, that I've watched online, who have reviewed it, they were coming from like, uh, an, uh, an event where like they had the PSVR, you know, they had like sure. a, a 10 minute playthrough right. of something. And like, yeah, in that 10 minutes, it's not oh, a yeah. terrible I think, system. I think up to like a half hour, you probably wouldn't really notice. Right. But like any extended gameplay, it just, <laughs> it yeah. gets very uncomfortable. It does. Very uncomfortable. Very, not user friendly it's 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 not great now again because we have metaquest the oculus that is 
I, I, I've played that literally from uh, the full battery life and have <laughs> had no issues. Like, yeah, it sits on my face a little bit, but like it, my face doesn't hurt. Like, and, and this is beyond just like motion sickness. Cause that's a normal VR thing is motion sickness. Cause it's, it's not that it's really just the uncomfortable feeling of the VR itself sitting on your head. And trying to look around with this equipment on, it just doesn't... It's definitely better than the first one, and I think that that's where a lot of people are are giving its praise, is that it's better than the first one. But, like, it's still not great. (laughs) Still not, not worth the money that we paid, for sure. Anyway. Yeah, so that's it for our review of... The PSVR 2. <laughs> our, and mini, our mini review of the PSVR 2. Which, and, uh, which was probably just as long as the <laughs> review of Horizon Call of the Mountain. Uh, so yeah, our next podcast episode right now sounds like it's going to be... Um, Number 100! Yeah, our 100th episode. It's nuts! It's crazy <laughs> that we've done 100 video game reviews. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess in seven years it doesn't sound that great, but you know whatever i mean that's a big accomplishment yeah no totally 100 100 games that you've completed well 99 games that you've completed 99 games right now um our next episode will be hopefully on final fantasy crisis core the remastered version really excited to review that um kaylee will be back on at that point but um i'm pretty sure both of us have played the game already like the the original the game original. When, when it first came out. So like to see it, you know, when it's remastered. I'm glory, very excited to watch you play it. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be very fun. So strap on for that. That'll be coming up next month. Um, and then we we have more games in the pipeline for you after that. So stay tuned. And I'll uh, be back soon. You'll be back soon. Yes, you will. I'll make sure of it. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll catch you guys on the next one. Bye. Bye.